Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Austin. And I'm Alicia. And this is the Generational Gospel Podcast, where we discuss the gospel and doctrine in order to disciple our family and the generations to come. In this episode, we talked about topics such as the freedom from the Mosaic Law, the law of Christ, and principles for exercising Christian liberty. The show notes will include scripture references and resources for further study. The generational application segment will provide practical ways to apply these concepts in daily life and teach them to our future generations. One thing that we wanted to remind you guys about is that we did just rebrand our podcast, and so now we're the Generational Gospel Podcast, but this part of the podcast is still technically a part of a previous season that we were working through, season two, and the entire season is called Freedom in Christ, and so this specific episode is related a lot to one of our old episodes called the law of Christ. And so I suggest you guys going back and listening to that, and it will give you even more insight on what we're talking about today. Last week, we spoke about our freedom to live righteously because of Christ's sacrifice. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the episode, please do, because it does help us form today's conclusions about Christian liberties. So we are talking about Christian liberties today, um, or Christian, or should I say Christian liberty today? Uh, first of all, let me clarify which aspect we're talking about. We want to discuss specifically the freedom we have from the Mosaic law since Christ's resurrection. Romans 3 verses 20 to 22 says, For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Christ of uh, for all who believe. Got Question says in their article about this topic that Christians are freed from the Jewish law of Moses in the law only exposes sin in one's life but cannot forgive sin. Our righteousness is based on our faith in Christ, definitely not in our own ability to fulfill the law because we cannot Christ came so that we would not have to fulfill the law. He fulfilled the law, as Matthew 5.17 says. Do you not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets? I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Christ did not come to abolish or get rid of the law. And this is important because if he came to abolish the law, then that means that there was something either wrong with the law or that God is not just as in order for God to be just, then punishment for breaking the law must be fulfilled. We know those who believe in Christ that Jesus's death on the cross was a payment for our sins, which was breaking the law of God. Christ fulfilling that law means that he paid the full payment and fulfilled the law so that we do not have to. Now, I think it is important to bring up what most referred to as the law of Christ to understand further what it means to not be under the Mosaic law anymore and that Christ has fulfilled the law. There's nowhere in the Bible that the phrase law of Christ is fully explained, although it is mentioned by Paul in passages like Galatians 6.2 and 1 Corinthians 9.21. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And 1 Corinthians 9.21 says, To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, 
not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. What we can understand based on scripture is that when Paul refers to the law of Christ, it encompasses all of Christ's earthly ethical teachings, elements of the Mosaic law, which include where Jesus states the two greatest commandments, which is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself, which is greater than any other commandment, as well as that, as what we see as moral commandments throughout the epistles, as the apostles were through the Holy Spirit, interpreting the life and teachings of Jesus to teach the early church. Therefore, we believe that all the law of Christ can ultimately fit under the category of loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself, which we also see Paul mention in Romans 13, 8 through 10, which says, Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. In this, we see that many of those commandments are summed up in the word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is a great verse, um, I must say. We've just kind of like a side point. We've both talked about like we've both talked about this issue many times and knew that there was somewhere that talked about it, but then not really realizing until this, oh, wow, this verse is so specific. Um, anyways, uh, now let's get back to the topic of Christian liberties now that we've broke down some of the uh, understandings of, you know, uh, the law of Christ and the Mosaic law. So um, there's an article by Ligonier Ministries that I think does an amazing job of breaking down some of the key principles we see in Romans 14.1 through 15.13. Um, and again, just in case you are unaware, we are reading all of our verses from the ESV. Um, you're welcome to use whatever version you want. But if you're trying to figure out what we're reading from, we're reading from the ESV. Um, because this article um, does such a great job, I'm going to use the principles that they use. Um, but I encourage you to go and read their article to get some more information about what we're talking about. Um, the article is linked in the show notes as well as the episode page on our website. So the first principle states that Christian liberties, let me try that again. So the first principle states that Christian liberties must never be flaunted, which we see in Romans 14, 22, which says the faith that you have keep between yourself and God Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. So I think that it's pretty self-explanatory from what they were saying, but just to kind of break it down a little bit more, um, being flaunted means that we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't be putting out our Christian liberties on display so that the world can, you know, look at how free I am, look at how, cool I am or look at you know if you know some specifics like if you drink alcohol right we know some people drink alcohol some people don't um, this isn't a conversation about whether alcohol is good or not again this is kind of the point of this but the 
with alcohol, it's like saying, hey, look at me. I'm a Christian. I drink alcohol. Look how cool I am. Look, I'm a Christian. I have tattoos. Look how cool I am. Um, it shouldn't be flaunted. And um, whatever your faith has, whatever, like wherever your faith lies, which we'll get into some of these things as far as like your weaker brother and stuff like that. But wherever your faith lies, let that be between you and God. And again, the scripture is very clear. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. There's no reason to pass judgment um, onto anybody um, about what they believe or don't believe when it comes to the liberties that we have right now. Obviously, it is we're not saying if someone tells you a false gospel and claiming it is the real gospel that you shouldn't, you know, that you shouldn't approach them and correct them, right? Obviously, that would be taking the context out of what this passage is. And we'll dig more into these verses too. But do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I was just thinking about um, the second half of this verse, um, kind of what you're kind of going in a different route of what you're saying, but just like a little bit still about this part where it says, plus is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. I think this is a big deal because the Holy Spirit does convict us on things that we may feel like just doesn't benefit ourselves or our family or whatever. Like, like let's say social media, for example, if you, one person may not choose not to be on social media because it leads them to gossip or it leads them to stumble in some way or another. And so let that person's own convictions be that way for them. And, and on the same for you, if that's to you, like you don't have to feel judged or judge yourself for that just because somebody else believes otherwise. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I agree. And I think you said it well. So um, moving on to the second principle, uh, which is, Christian liberty does not mean that you are that you welcome fellow Christians only when you have sorted out their views on X or Y, which we see in Romans 14, 1, which says, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. And then 14, 3 um, also says, let not the one who eats who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats for God has welcomed him. So this is a good one because I think this is kind of what I was kind of hinting at a second ago, but, um, and it's just kind of a further explanation a little bit is that when, um, when we are hanging out with other believers, I think that we naturally are going to hang out with people that we agree with. That's just how things work generally. But we have to be super careful that the reason we're not hanging out with people or maybe including people into conversations and hangout times and stuff like that in community is because of their beliefs on such and such. I think you can have your close friends and, you know, spending time with those friends. But if you're like, but I think too, like about when I'm, you know, getting together with the guys at the church. Right. And I want to have a guy's night out with the guys of the church. If I invite all only the guys who, you know, are okay with drinking alcohol, 
um, or, you know, I only invite the guys who, you know, don't have a problem with tattoos. I only invite the guys who, you know, name your Christian liberty, whatever, um, or your opinion on whatever. And I think it goes beyond just Christian liberty, too. I think it's important, too, on other doctrinal things that we believe in. Like, I'm not going to, if I'm in a situation where I'm hanging out with somebody, even on something like baptism, if you're a Presbyterian, as I am not, and you believe in pedo-baptism, that shouldn't be a reason for me to not welcome you into community, right? Now, denominations are a good, not necessarily a bad thing, right? We can, it's, we don't want to be divisive, but not to get too far into it. I think that the idea is that there is nothing that should keep, you know, you should, I guess, push someone away from your community for it, because I think that can ultimately be more damaging than not. And I mean, clearly don't despise the one who abstains and the one, and then I think it goes even further too. Like if, you know, if I have a problem with alcohol and Alicia does not, I cannot pass judgment on Alicia for liking alcohol and thinking it's okay. Because again, it's not, there's nothing biblically that commands that we can't. Right. And so I have no reason to pass any kind of judgment on her as a believer. Um, yeah. So, I mean, where, where, where else would you go with that? Yeah. I just think it's good to remember that we are called to love one another. And I think it's also really important to, to recognize, even when I say one another, we're talking about brothers and sisters in Christ here. Yeah. Um, we're this kind of is pointing out like, okay, don't push away someone who's weak in the faith. So we're talking about people who are, who are in the faith. And so, and being in the faith means that you believe in Jesus Christ. You believe in his death and resurrection and that he paid the total price for your sin and that, you know, we're putting our faith in him. And that's whoever believes that as a brother or sister in Christ, and we should love them and not exclude them when, just because we might have differing views um, and so I think it's important and, and I think this is something that we'll talk about even more so later on is that we just lead with love and, and just care for one another and, um, and just trust God to either help us to learn from the other person and that we disagree with or vice versa, or, you know, just to seek unity in general. Yeah, for sure. The third principle is Christian liberty ought never to be used in such a way that you become a stumbling block to another Christian, which is shown in Romans 14, 13, which says, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. We know that Paul represented this in his life, in his own life, because of a passage like 1 Corinthians eight thirteen, which says, Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. I think that we can really take Paul's example here. Um, and like, I'm going to bring even kind of really close to home a little bit. Like, so I think when it comes to Christian liberties, you know, I keep bringing up alcohol. That's an easy one that a lot of people have one way or another on. 
right? But like, let's just say in our marriage, if we got married and I was okay with alcohol um, or even enjoyed alcohol, but that was a struggling point for you, then my heart should be that I would put away alcohol really for life in t- or until it isn't a stumbling block for you. And I think that it's the same way with your brother. If you have a brother, a friend, someone in your community who has a problem with, with alcohol, at the bare minimum, do not, um, if you, you know, unless you're hanging out with one-on-one with people who you know, who are okay with alcohol in this example, then for sure you can go and hang out with those specific people, you know, those times, but like really do your best. Like one, when you're in public, be mindful specifically of your brothers. Now we'll get into this more in a little bit too, but that doesn't mean that you need to, you know, that you can never have another drink of alcohol necessarily. Now, if the idea of never having a drink of alcohol again is a problem for you, then that's a whole nother conversation. I think that although I enjoy alcohol myself, if it came down to and I had to put it put it down for life, that isn't a problem for me because ultimately I'm not a slave to my liberty, which we'll get into uh, more. But yeah, what what other thoughts do you have? Yeah, I think you <clears throat> covered it well. And I think even just taking like um, Paul's example here, he's talking about never eating meat. Um, There's some just cleanliness laws in the Jewish tradition about eating meat and other things like that that he's talking about here. Um, And whereas there's plenty of meat that they were not allowed to eat. And, and he was saying basically like, okay, these talking about these Jewish people who have become Christians, if he is in the presence of one of them and they're choosing, you know, their own convictions are to not eat meat or whatever, then he's going to not make them stumble. Like he's not, he's not going to put this meat in front of them. Like, well, it's our liberty to do so. So you might as well eat it and like make their heart grieve in that moment. You know what I mean? And so like, you can think about that with anything not just alcohol I mean maybe it's the shows that you watch or the music that you listen to or the company um like the way that you have people over at your house or just different things like if there's if you're gonna have somebody in your presence that they have this like it hurts their heart to be around x y or z then reconsider like okay, is it even worth it at that point to to do that, you know? And so, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, and something just as a, even f- for the audience, like as a clarifying note, um, one thing you're noticing, which is important for this conversation, because this is something, this particular episode is something I had thought about for a long time. Um, what we're not doing is talking about what are all of the Christian liberties that we can partake in? Like, yeah. And the reason for that is because it is, as you can tell from the scripture, it's very subjective. Um, I think that, you know, we'll get into it in the, in the generational uh, application moment, you know, time, but like there's a, I would not do justice. I'm using drinking as an example because many people would use that as a reference, but 
specifically, I'm not getting, we're not going to get into each thing. And if you have troubles with like, okay, again, if you are at this point in the podcast and you're thinking like, well, I don't like, why are we able to even do any of these things? Then like the beginning intro point, go back and listen to uh, law of Christ. Um, listen to the episode, the last episode, like, at this point we are under the understanding we have the freedom to do many things and there's plenty of things in scripture or there's plenty of things in life that we can do and partake in and enjoy um that are not commanded against in scripture and so i'm only saying that just because i i know you know my opposite it's kind of like how i think like the person my the devil's advocate in all these things is thinking like well you know what a, you know are you you know but what about this thing what about that thing i i don't think it's helpful to dig into whether this is okay or that is okay if scripture doesn't command against it then use wisdom right and i think yeah, that's important and, and i think also like i said before like the holy spirit does give us convictions and so like, you know, listen to the spirit's convictions and and I think some of these things are gonna be different for different people because people like while every like let's go back to drinking, while we believe like drinking itself is not a sin, it could very quickly lead you to sin yeah. for many different reasons. Like maybe drinking causes you to be angry at your kids. Well, we know God doesn't want us to be angry at our kids. Or maybe you become addicted to it and you're, and that's an idol in your life. Well, God doesn't want us to idol, to have idols before him. And so, and that could be with any of these things. And that's why like Austin's saying, we're not pointing out every little thing because tons of these things in our life are not necessarily sin, but it could easily lead us to sin. So we have to listen to the word and pray and and hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to us when it comes to those things. Yeah, and I think a good rule of thumb, a couple of rule of thumbs that I think are good just in life with these things is if your so-called Christian liberty uh, leads, you know, or let's put it this way, you know you're maybe weak in something if that thing constantly leads you to sin. If that thing leads you to sin regularly, drinking is a great example. Many of us have probably known people where it has led to sin. If you say, oh, I don't have a problem with drinking. I think drinking is fine. But then you go and do all these other lists of sins because of drinking. Then you have a weakness of drinking. And it's not something to be shamed for. Like that's, again, that's the whole point of this. Is like you shouldn't be shamed that you have struggled with that. Um, If you have struggled with eating meat um, or eating certain types of meats, um, maybe you even come from a Jewish background and, in you know, or maybe you're even ethnically Jewish. And these are just things that like, this is hard for you to grasp. Like you understand the freedom, but like, it's just, you get convicted in it. Yeah. Or, Don't even, do or it. even in the sense that maybe your whole family now looks at you like you're like, you don't even love God or something, which again, that goes back to, we're going to, I think, talk about it yeah. in a minute. In like the, there's yeah. people shouldn't especially Christians shouldn't like tell you that you cannot do something and like call it gospel um, when it's really not, or like call it like this is what the Bible says when it doesn't. But again, we're, we want to lead with love. And if we're hurting people 
one way or another with our actions, then we should reconsider like how are we acting? Yeah, and the point of this whole of this point that we just read is again, don't don't cause your brother or sister to stumble. Um if right. like there's nothing worth nothing is worth um the soul of your brother or sister in Christ. Right. And nothing I think stumbling to um refers to drawing them away from God. Would that be you think an accurate or or caught I think stumbling could also be a way of of bringing further temptation into yeah, a sin yeah giving them temptation to sin which draws you from yeah god. draws you from um, god but on a general sense but yeah, yeah like any way that kind of like makes them deter from from christ exactly that yeah i think that's a good a good way to put it yeah just if if whatever your action is no matter what your action is if it deters your brother or sister in christ away from christ then reconsider now it could be their heart there's only so far we can go and i think that's important too you can't if if someone has can again like this is you know if someone has convictions on eating period you're not going to stop eating because someone you know it it may well seem, you might not invite them to a buffet for sure yeah but the, the idea is that like you know. there's a there is a line where you know again wisdom is is needed the holy spirit can lead you but ultimately if you have the ability to drop something um when around or when spending time with a brother or sister who struggles with it then just do it just drop it it's not it's not worth their soul it's not worth their uh, their relationship with Christ, um, it's not worth it. Um, there's nothing in this world. Now, if they have a problem with the gospel, that's a different thing, obviously. But again, we're just speaking on things that are not commanded one way or another in Scripture, um, which is important. But uh, going into our fourth principle, um, which says uh, Christian liberty requires grasping the principle that will produce this true biblical balance. We ought not to please ourselves for even Christ did not please himself. Romans 15, one to three says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. When we realize that liberties that we hold and freedoms that we have are not earned freedom, but are given as a gift, we start to have humility and the ability to also know that our liberties are not worth the weakening of another brother or sister in Christ. Like we've been talking about it's through our humility and understanding of the deep grace we have that we also understand the deep grace our brother or sister in Christ has. It reminds us that we are not better than them and vice versa. We must remember though that we cannot be slaves to someone's conscience either. Um, in the Ligonier article, it says that where the gospel is at stake, liberty needs to be exercised. 
where the stability of the weak Christian is at stake, we need to restrain it. It is important because like when someone wants to put something on you and demand it when it is unscriptural, you should stand up for the freedom you have in Christ through the gospel. But if it is a weak brother or sister who you may cause to stumble because of your liberty, then we should restrain. In this already and not yet, meaning we are free now in Christ, but we still live in a world of sin, not fully glorified, Martin Luther puts it like this, a Christian man is most free is the most free Lord of all and subject to none. A Christian man is the most dutiful servant of all and subject to everyone. Now I think we should get into our generational application. Um, with the generational application, which you've you know you heard in the intro, um, and we're speaking about it now, um, generational application as the name suggests, is to help you apply this not only in your own life, but also teaching it to our children. Um, and of course, trying to get into the depth to teach our children's children, you know, teach our children, teach their children. Uh, so for every episode, we plan to start out with the facts, scripture, and pure information as much as we can. We, you know, we have some dialogue, but we really want to try to give you as much information as we can. Um, and then get into our generational app generational application to dig into some of the practicality of this truth. Yeah. So last week we talked about, um, how do we teach our kids scripture? Really? I mean, we, we talked about it mainly regarding the topic that we spoke about, but I think the principle even here lies and it's going to lie for every, um, every episode is we teach our kids scripture we teach our kids these applications by talking to them about it and by applying it in um in real real world sorry that's hard for me to say examples um but so today we're not going to like reiterate that point um we're going to just we're going to go a little bit different direction on how do we engage our children um with this principle so i'm going to start with first corinthians 10 23 through 26 which says all things are lawful but not all things are helpful all things are lawful but not all things build up let no one seek his own good but the good of his neighbor eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience for the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof so this scripture is talking about how you may have heard it too. Like everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Like because of the grace of God, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we have the liberty to do whatever that's not specifically commanded against, um, in the new Testament, we can do it, but it might not be helpful. And we've given you a couple of ways to, weigh out how that might not be helpful and the scripture reiterates that um even here like let's not raise the question of good conscience within yourself but that was me talking about how the holy spirit convicts you and with other people like how we talked about don't make your brother or sister stumble and i think this can play out even in your own household you may have rules for your children or their friends 
may have different rules than them. And so we kind of wanted to talk about a little bit what do we kind of do in that situation and how do we apply this? Like we have the liberty to do whatever um, in Christ, but what does that mean for our kids? If they come back at us and say, but I can do whatever I want, like how do we, how do we talk about this with them? Yeah, I think um, some like preliminary things is one, um, we don't know your children and we don't know your household. Right. Please, 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 please use wisdom when listening to any podcast or any person that's, you know, not your local pastor when, you know, when helping guide you in things about parenting and life as a Christian. Now we are, you know, that I may say that to our detriment as a, as a podcast in the sense that like, you know, we are talking about life and gospel and things like that, but we're really only a, a tool um, to be used. And so please in anything that we are about to say, these are our opinions. Right. Um, we base them on scripture, but they are a hundred percent our opinions. We are not professionals. Uh, you know, neither one of us, you know, I'm not a pastor um, as of right now. So like, you know, just be wise as you listen to these things um, just so that you don't, you know, take this and run with it and say that this is hundred percent truth. Right. Uh, and just really quick along that sign. This is also why we provide all the scripture that we share because we want you guys to read it for yourselves, interpret it for yourselves. And, and at any point, if you're like, Oh man, I reread that scripture. I did not see what they're seeing. Like message us, let us, let us see what you're seeing. So we can, um, you know, we can, if we need to make corrections and if not help you also like just see it, see it in a different way. Yeah. But getting back into the, you know, into the conversation here, I think that something that is really kind of practical as parents is that, you know, many of us, especially Christian, you know, many of us Christian parents um, have, you know, things that we, you know, rules that we have for our children, whatever they may be, um, you know, don't watch this, don't do that, whatever, you know, not even going to get into specifics, but there are things that we have for our children and we're the same way. Like we avoid certain things like that. We don't want our daughter to um, participate in or watch or whatever, because um, in my encouragement to just be, if you're not thinking about those things, please do. Uh, it honestly the uh, media as a whole is not here to point your children to, to God. That's not, it's, it's very right. much the opposite. Mm -hmm. And so, although I, I will not say that all things that your kids can watch are from Satan or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. It's just, please, if you're not already being mindful, be mindful of them. That's at, at the very bare minimum. That's my suggestion. But anyways, getting back into my practical point, I think that we have to remember from what we just learned that although yes, we have our rules and yes, when our children are in our household, they're under our authority and they should biblically listen and, and, um, you know, obey our commands. You know, that is their calling, right? Um, we're also not, we're also not supposed to put more on our children than they can bear something to keep in mind, but also, 
remember that many of the things that we command of our children are not commanded explicitly in scripture. And so I say that because if we can remember that we can help to better teach them and show them in our own humility that these are things that we fall in our household. Here's why we don't do these things, why we don't watch these things, why we don't whatever. Um, and letting them know like while you're in our household, Hey, these are, these are the rules that we have and you should obey our rules. But understanding that just because the act in doing against what we say in and of itself, the action is not necessarily sinful. It's the action that is sinful is disobeying your parents. I think we have to be clear about that because, you know, if you don't get that part in, they're going to go and probably do the thing against what you say. But, right. I just want to add a little bit of clarity yeah, there. Like, so say the rule is you can't stay up past 10 PM or something. You know what I mean? And the sin is not them staying up until 11. Right. Yes. Yeah. The sin could be them disobeying you there or like watching a certain show. The sin isn't necessarily them watching that show. It, it is disobedience there. Um, and I'm pretty sure you'll hint at why that was a point um, or talk about why that was a point. So, Yeah. And I, I think that why that's important is because, I mean, just like the scripture we see there, like, you know, the scripture helps us in the sense that, you know, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Right. Right. That's why we have rules. Right. Like we know there are things that are just not good overall through our own wisdom, through wisdom, through Christ or through the spirit that we don't allow our children to Right. But, um, just like we've already spoken about, we, we may not want our children to children be a part of these things. But a part of that too, is that we don't want them to fall into sin. We don't want right. them to, um, fall into temptation. Right. Um, and it could even be a weakness of our own. I mean, it, that could be part of it. Um, and so in putting that on our children, we want them to also, and when we share these things with our children, the important thing about being open about this is that we also don't want them to see a friend who believes one way or another different, whether it's that they are able to watch something or that they're not able to, and you're able to, that they understand too, that this principle that, okay, there are th some things that I have the freedom to do. Um, there are some things that I don't have the freedom to do. Um, and understanding that, okay, the reason my, my dad or my mom says not to do such thing, not to watch YouTube kids or not to whatever the reason is because of my own safety or whatever, but also, um, that thing in and of itself is not sin. So if I see someone else doing that thing, I cannot, I should not go as, as a child, like we don't want August, our daughter going and telling their friend, you are a sinner for watching YouTube kids or you're whatever, like, cause that's not a sin. We want our kids to know that. And, and yeah, I think you just, have more in your head what you're like thinking too. Mean to them or something because yeah. I, for either reason, like because they're doing something that that you're not allowed to do or because they're not allowed to do what you're allowed to do. Like we want our kids to exercise grace. And I think like I think that's like the important part of really knowing this these principles that we laid out 
for yourself and teaching your kids those principles when um, you're talking about your own rules or, or however we, we live in general is so that they know how to exercise love in the world. And also that you can remember this so that when your kids are being disobedient, that you can exercise the grace that Christ has offered to you. And while we believe that children need discipline in their lives, just like Christ disciplines us, like there's still a way to do it with love and with grace and with the same forgiveness that God offers us. And so if we have this mindset of whatever our rule may be, this isn't necessarily a commandment from God. And we have that rule for them to protect them from X, Y, and Z, or to grow them in a certain way or to teach them how to be respect, respectful human beings. We share those reasons with them. And when they disobey, we show them in love the discipline that is required from that. Um, and so just like reminding yourselves these things so that you can be patient and that you can be kind and that, um, and that our children can be patient and kind with other people when they, maybe they break the rules that they have and they don't realize like, Oh, not everybody has the same rules because kids are kids and they don't always recognize that every family is different. Yeah. And I think too, another point is that, you know, we're talking mostly in reference to our kids as children, but you know, as they grow up too, a lot of, you know, something you may have seen in your own life and, you know, family's life, whatever, where, you know, maybe a child grows up and decides to be rebellious and just kind of throws all of your rules out the window. And a lot of, and sometimes that happens. I'm not saying all the time, you can't always control these things, right? Um, we're not in full control of these things, but sometimes it, you know, a kid may go off and do and, and start doing something because they realize at, you know, in their teenagers are like, Oh my gosh, this thing is not bad. Which again is not necessarily a bad thing, but then a lot of times that goes in, a, they do it in abundance. And so I think that like when we explain to our children early on some of the reasonings for our rules, but then also in that, okay, if you, when you grow up and you're able to, you know, and you're not in our house anymore and you decide you want to watch YouTube kids, you probably <laughs> won't, but you know, like you decide you want to do these things. We encourage them to understand our reasonings and we help them to understand that there are that in the world, like in our household, this is how we do things. But when you get out of our household, we also want to help prepare our children for adulthood. And so I think as they grow, you can start to teach them, okay, we set these rules because of X, Y, and Z. We, um, our parents taught us this um, and we decided here are things that my parents taught me in good faith that I don't follow in my own life now. Here's why. Like, I think that those things are good to share with our children. I think that it can help them to better understand and to be more gracious to you when they grow up and realize, and, and you don't want them to realize from someone else that ever, that the things that you've been claiming to them without even maybe specifically saying it, claiming to them as sin, like saying, Hey, don't do this thing. It's sin. When really the sin is disobedience, 
that is that could wreck a child in their teenage years because they could realize, oh my gosh, I thought all my friends were sinning, but actually my parents were sinning or whatever that you know they may think you know come to a conclusion for. But I think that again, back to my original thing was that don't make sure that your children understand where the sin is because otherwise it that line it may get confusing as they get older because if they don't understand that the sin they need to understand that obedience is required as you know in household like that's god commands that but that doesn't mean you have to lie to them and say that the thing that they're doing is sin right you know what i mean yeah i think what you when you said um like the teenager or whatever realizing oh this is not bad I think that kind of stood out to me because yeah sometimes we we have these rules and we treat them as if everything against those rules are inherently bad um even we might say something along the lines oh that's bad for you right and the way kids can interpret that might be might be different um and I guess like it's okay like I think this is a newer thought like in our generation, but it's okay to explain why to kids, um, especially as they get older, like you want them to kind of understand your thought processes so that they can have those thought processes or, or have their own thought process that that's influenced by you. And so like teaching like your rules as things that are just like, these are the rules that we have because we want to prepare you for your future and it's it'll be better for you in some ways and rather than just saying oh it's just bad like that's not even really clear and sometimes like Austin said sometimes they're not necessarily bad things but they can lead to bad things and we don't want that for our kids and that's why we have rules and so I think part of this is just like being clear about what things what things do, does God actually command that are actually bad? Um, and then even just talking through like, okay, we decided this because we don't want you to fall into this. And I think like, you know, our daughters too. So that type of conversation is not going to happen over every little thing. Right. Um, but as she gets older, I think it will be important to, um, to clarify and to help her understand, okay, why, why do we do what we do? Why don't we do the things that we don't do? Um, and so as she gets older and she's seeing her friends or whatever, do these different things, she's not like having this internal questioning or like mistrust and like finding out answers from other people because, um, she just believes that we led her in the wrong way or something. Yeah. And to kind of finish off a little bit too, I think that, I think we said this the last time too, but I think that an easy way to teach your children things is going to be, um, giving examples, but also just kind of explaining them in your own life. So like, for example, if, you know, we've talked, we talked about drinking a couple of times, right? If you, as an individual, as a parent, um, or even as a couple, you and your your spouse, um, are don't don't drink, and you have convictions of your own for not drinking for whatever reason it may be, um, 
be open with your children about those things. They're going to meet people and they're going to see people who drink and they're going to see and meet Christians who drink depending on the denomination you're in. You may see it more than others, right? Like be open with your children because you also don't want them to stumble and be thrown off by seeing, you know, by hearing that their pastor has a drink or whatever, right? Like these things can be easily explained in the in just explaining them and even if your kids do not understand in that moment remember like we talked about last time in you know it's in the hearing that they learn right like they they grab onto things and something that we're doing right now and i'll i'll kind of end my point here but something that we're doing right now that i'm realizing it how I'm realizing more and more how much more helpful this is for little children uh, with with our daughter is we read the verse of the day um, every night before we go to sleep um, or before she goes to sleep because um, it's like midnight right now. So we're t- she's definitely <laughs> already asleep way before this. But um, one thing that we do it, or that we've done the last couple of nights is we've actually kind of taken something from the scripture, some, you know, with the verse of the day. A lot of times, especially, I mean, we read the ESV. It isn't necessarily the easiest translation to understand at a younger age, but that's, we're not trying to dumb the scripture down. Um, we take points in, in the message, and even if there's a specific line in the verse that's easy to do this with, and we'll add motions to it or add some kind of whatever, and it helps August to um, grasp on and keeps her attentive. That's the biggest thing for yeah, us right now is keeping sure. her attentive. But I think my point in bringing that up is that you can be creative on how you share things with your children from any age group, um, teenager down to, you know, toddler, uh, be creative. Uh, you have so many opportunities, you know, a lot of times we can think and it's easy to think that, Hey, we, you know, Oh, like I need, and like, I didn't share this truth to my children today. It's like, okay, you have in most scenarios, um, well, one, you have grace, right? We have grace in Christ, but we also have the benefit of that. Unlike meeting someone in public, your children, um, you know, for the most part, it's never guaranteed, of course, but for the most part, your children are going to be there the next day when you wake up um, and you can have that conversation. Um, and so, again, I'm not, you know, I know that there's still hurt there, right? But there's, but just remember that you can, there's God has grace. You're not going to get it right every time. You're going to fumble your words sometimes, but the more you do it and the more you speak on it, the less they're also going to remember the times you fumbled your words. Right. So, any yeah, last and I points? think, I think just along that edge to, or that idea is that God has given us our children to teach them his ways and to love them and to cherish them and to take care of them while they're here on this earth and while we're here on this earth. But ultimately they are his children and he is responsible for their salvation and he is responsible for, for drawing them to himself. And so I think like, we need to take the pressure off of ourselves to save our kids or to do everything right for our kids every single time. 
of course, we want to try our best. We want to teach them the scripture. We want to love them to the best of our ability. But we also want to pray and trust God that he will guide them and he will lead them and he would awaken their hearts to him and to look to him and to understand his word despite what we do. Um, and I mean, ultimately that he would use us to help him do that. But um, at the end of the day, um, just remember that they're God's kids. And so we can trust him to, to take care of them. And just so you guys know, this is the final week of the Freedom in Christ series that we've been going through for a little while now. Uh, started back when we were on the Darrow's podcast, like we said, but is finishing now um, in this Generational Gospel podcast. If you haven't already, please go back and listen to the other episodes, starting with the original intro into uh, Freedom in Christ. Uh, I think it's a really great series. We got into a lot of information, a lot of things we could still talk about in the future, but uh, for now, we thought this was a great way to end it. Please go back and listen to those and find any of our other information and podcast uh, info on our website at generationalgospel.com. And... Tune in next week for our next episode. Uh, we will be still having an episode next week. Um, we are just finishing our series and we'll get into some other stuff. We want to remind you that we can only speak on these things because of the grace of God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. We are not perfect in ourselves, but we are made new creations through him. And this is how we are able to live out his calling on our lives. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about this episode, check out our show notes or our website, generationalgospel.com. And if you like what you heard, click to subscribe and follow our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support us, consider buying us a coffee. The link is in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram at generationalgospel for updates and encouragement. If you have any questions you want us to answer or topics you want us to talk about, email us at info at generationalgospel.com. Thanks again for listening to the Generational Gospel Podcast. Catch you in the next episode. See ya.